Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personal Podcast, your Iowa State Cyclones preview episode. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Hello, everybody. I am I'm kind of like Coach Wells. I'm, I'm, I'm getting ready to turn that corner, Spencer. Are you, are you thinking this could be it, man? No. You know, I mean, what's, what's a better week to turn the corner than headed into corn country? It's got... Corn has is part of the word corner, and so we're going to turn the corner. It's I don't know. I'm just laying the groundwork, man. Maybe maybe this is our week. Maybe maybe Tech will put it all together. Yeah, I I, I have my doubts. I have my right. doubts. Okay, we'll see. We'll see. I'll see if I can sway you. <laughs> we will talk about our Iowa State preview in a little bit. Obviously, we have some big not Big Twelve. We have some college football news and some interesting things that happened yesterday. In relation to local media, I uh, got injury updates on Alan Bowman and a defensive lineman, and then all kinds of nasty stats. Then got your Iowa State preview, your questions, and what we learned. So, um, guys, if you want to keep up with all of us here at 23 Personnel, you can follow us on Twitter at 23 Personnel. You can follow me, Spencer, at PuntsSuck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. You can also follow us on Instagram at 23PersonalPodcast. I said that last week, but guys, the the fleece hoodies we have on the Teespring store, probably the most comfortable hoodie I've ever owned. So soft. Very, very choice material. I really am looking forward to hoodie season. Yeah. I mean, this is not going to be a cold weather hoodie. Like you're not going to wear this on like by itself when it's like 10 degrees outside. No, but luckily there's not very many days like that here. It will get you through the mild Christmas season. It will get you into, you know, early January before we actually we get the, the real winter. But if you can check it out, go to teespring.com slash stores slash 23 personnel podcast. We've got all kinds of hoodies up there from the different colors of, Materials, I think Michael and I both went with the dark heather gray with a white logo. Uh, the great thing about the options over at Teespring, you can mix and match basically any combination you can think of in terms of the color of the hoodie to the color of the logo. You can do that all over there at teespring.com. Um, finally, we are still, we're going to be back on the air uh, with the Rob Bro College Tailgate Show Saturday 10 to noon. We will be there on 1340 AM talk, talk 1340 mobile app ESPN 960 down in San Angelo. Be sure to check us this weekend, Saturday morning, 10 to noon as we preview and start reacting to some of the college football games 
while we're there, we'll obviously talk about the Big 12 slate of games, which is fairly light this week. Michael, and we saw that we have three games. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit, um, a little bit saddened by that. We're, we're getting into the first round of bye weeks. Um, and then obviously do one more preview of the Texas Tech Iowa State game. So be sure to tune in. Talk 1340, 1340 a.m. here myself, Michael, and the Rob Bro. Um, we do have some college football news. Um, and, and we'll get to that in just a second. But guys, the wait is finally over. A triple header of fun is upon us this week. Football is in full effect with many teams strutting their stuff early. NBA finals are here. They're going to be over here pretty soon. I think I think the Lakers are going to walk away with this one. MLB playoffs are in full swing. I've got the NLDS on right now. Guys, you might not be at a game this year. But you can still get in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to bet, head to a Bet Online today and use our new our new promo code Armchair to take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Bet Online is your online sports book experts. Michael. Yes. You ready to talk about some football? Pitter patter. They go four up top. They throw the fade to Fasher. Caught. Touchdown. With time. Delivered. Hand off. Demarcus Fields down the sideline. Touchdown. Red Raiders. 97 yards. Harrell back to throw. Going deep down the sideline for Robert Johnson. And oh, my. You got it. Touchdown. Oh. Robert Johnson, touchdown, Red Raider. Take a shot to the end zone. It's a touchdown to Reginald Davis. All day to throw. Over the top, Jakeem Graham. Touchdown, Texas Tech. Second down now. Deep strike. Got the big man. Country pulls free. And touchdown, Red Raiders. With a second to go. The scoring begin. All right, so the Pac-12 is coming back. Last Power Five conference to decide they wanted to play football this fall. They announced their schedule. They will have a seven-game conference-only schedule that'll run November seventh through December eighteenth. If you count that up, that is seven weeks. There is no bye week. There is no no leeway to have a, to, to rearrange a schedule. Um, how it's going to work is each team will play five divisional games and one crossover game against a non-division opponent. These six games will be evenly distributed between home and away. So each team will play three home games and three away games. Well, I, I found interesting, Michael. They are not sticking to just Saturdays. They will play on Friday yeah. nights and Saturdays. They got to yeah, get these games kind of in. The, it's kind of the sacred high school football time, but I guess towards the end of the year, it's starting to wind down a little bit. So maybe that won't cause too much of an uproar between the high school fans and players and, and parents, everybody involved. Yeah, not sure, but I think they said, one, we don't want to overlap too many of our games if we're going to, we've got to get all these games in. 
Uh, the other thing I thought was interesting. So weeks one through six are scheduled out. Well, like I said, there are seven weeks of games. What they're going to do and the Pac-12 is going to do, they're going to take the winner, the top seeded team from each division, and they will play in the conference championship game. The other 10 teams in the Pac-12 will then have another game scheduled within their, within the conference. So every team has a TBD on week seven. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. So it's just like, that's just a wild card. That's just going to be the Pac-12 week, the week of, well, it's not even the week. They say week seven, but they just clearly say December 18th and 19th. So I guess they're going to get all of these games in, in two days. Is that right? Surely not. Surely they're going to spread that out throughout the week. No, I, I think it's just a normal week for them. I think they're going to do, they're going to have the conference championship game on the 19th, but they're going to, or the 18th. Um, but those that aren't playing in the, in the championship game, they're going to play that weekend. They're going to have, you know, those other, is that five, five games? games? Yeah. yeah. So. Huh. Well, I mean, good luck to them. It's, it's going to be tough. The, uh, you know, I was, I was conflicted when the Big 12 decided to push ahead, despite everything kind of saying not to you. But they have them flare up. They could, they could lose some games and not, uh, you know, completely lose the season, as we've already seen with a couple of teams. So the Big Ten and the Pac-12 are. I mean, Big Ten's kind of the same way. They've got more games scheduled, but they don't have a bye week either. These guys are going all in, no bye weeks. Hope everyone stays healthy, not just COVID related, but injuries and all that kind of good stuff. And um, I guess we'll have a full college football slate starting November seventh. November 7th, all five conferences, all five, all five power, five conferences will be beyond the field. Um, and, and just like last time when the Big Ten announced, I'm pretty sure it was about 10 minutes before we went on air Saturday morning on the Rob Rowe College tailgate. I think it was right around that time. So it was breaking. Breaking we had, news. We had breaking news. <laughs> yes. So I'm, I'm looking at the Pac-12 schedule and I don't have enough. I haven't done enough research into it just yet to see who has a really tough schedule. Um, obviously, the weaker schools having to go up against like a, a really strong school is going to stand out as like they have a really tough schedule. Like Washington State, they have to play Oregon State. Oregon State is not, not a powerful school, obviously, but they have to play Oregon, Stanford, Washington, USC, and Cal. 
Yeah, it was all pretty well, even evenly spaced. We kind of looked at it and we couldn't really find anything that was that crazy. I mean, the California teams, they're all going to have kind of a, a rough go of it here and there. But yeah, it, it seemed as about as even as they could do, especially with such a small sample size. Yeah, I, like, I don't know. I, I, I was looking through it. I don't have anything that jumps out. I was like, wow, they have a really sucky schedule or they have like really weird uh, back-to-back travel weeks or anything like that. Yeah. So Nothing too wild. You know what, what is wild though, Michael? Local media members saying they do not care what coaches have to say. They're just fans. They want to see the team win. What's you up know, with that? I think... You know, guys like, like us, I think we, we can say something like that with a lot of repercussions, but we, we don't run the only FM radio show in town for tech sports. No, and we, we are, are not. We are fans. <laughs> we, we, we were fans first. We are not in any way, like any way. I mean, I guess you can say because we are on the air of a station that does hold credentials that <laughs> at, station does. <laughs> like by extension there is some kind of but like even then like when we're on the air for them for that station like we're not i don't know we, we, we don't say stuff like i'm just a fan i don't care what coaches have to say i just That's want them to too. win those are quotes those are direct quotes these are direct these are direct using. quotes yes so this conversation this popped up yesterday morning and I was driving to work and I was just like, oh my gosh, is this, is, is this man really saying these words? Is, is he really saying this? Um, and for those that are not in Lubbock, it's not, it's just, it's one of the, it's the only uh, sports only media outlets here in town. It's the, it's the radio station here that covers tech athletics. Um, and then somebody on their, their leadership team that is also a co-host during the day is who was saying this. He was responding to a text that came in that um, was basically saying, you know, the, the Lubbock media don't hold the coaches accountable. They don't ask the tough questions. Um, and we've kind of approached this a little bit before and it's, it's, it's a tough spot to be in because as you know, if you're covering sports here in Lubbock, you have to have access to the only show in town. So you don't want to, you don't want to be that guy that loses their, their credentials or the cost of station access to the program. So I understand like there's a fine line to walk there. That's also kind of expecting Texas tech to be so thin skinned that you can't ask, Hey, why did you, why did you call for a pooch kick? Or why did you blame the player on that one? Or what, why is it two weeks in a row that you've had a, a lead in the fourth quarter and then promptly <laughs> given up two touchdowns. Like who do you think you are, Oklahoma? I mean, those are direct questions. I don't think they're like tough as in like Tuberville, why is your why is your wife killing people on the streets? Yeah. Um hello, Mr. Coach Wells. Could you tell us more about um why you let Jet Duffy continue to play for the team? When did you find out he, he was a rapist? When did you find out? Allegedly. (laughs) No, I mean, find this out. And when did you, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not saying that you asked those questions, but like when, 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 if you listen to some of the, the, the press conferences, questions far and away, like they're just, they're softballs. 
just lobs. You're like, well, I mean, you're the media is kind of representing the public. Like we, we want to know what's going on. We don't have the access or capabilities to be asking these questions in an official capacity. Like we can fire off a tweet and, you know, have it go off into the, the Twitter sphere and have nobody respond to it. Um, well, I had, well, I, well, I last know, year, you know, you and I got to go to these press conferences and I will say that the flagship station very rarely asked a question at all. There were maybe two guys from that crew who were all credentialed and all there. And you maybe got one of them to ask a question every yeah, week. So, well, and then sometimes two of them would. So I don't even know where this guy, I guess he was just loop, looping them in with the media altogether. I mean, I think the AJ guys especially are kind of more critical uh, I know Don asks some tougher ones here and there. Carlos can too. Um, but know, like, some of the TV guys do, but, but yeah, the, the, the radio guys, they don't, they just don't ask anything. So, okay. When, when, when you talk about the, the credentials, that, that's what kind of blows my mind. When we were up there, that station had like a row of seats. They had like that many credentials up in the press box, four, five, six guys. You know how many didn't even have assigned seats. You know how many of those guys were at, at, at the press conference? Zero. The guy that was coming to the press conference was coming from the stands. He was sitting in his seat. Every now and then a couple of them would, would make it to the press conference. But those but, guys never said anything. But to, to that, they also had to go do the uh, post-game show as well. So there was a post game show well, no, going but, on. Well, hold on though. The guy that was in, in the press conference most often, like he would then go to the post game show and right, I, but he I, always missed it. I, we were always amazed at how he did it. Like no he, idea how he got transporter. <laughs> no idea how he got from fourth and university to 98th and slide in like five minutes, but we would get to our truck and he's on the radio. Like wait, we we're just, like, my gosh, how did he, do, how did he we, get there so fast? We just left the same building at the same time. Yeah, and, especially when they changed it to the Capitol pizza on 82nd and slide. And slide like you yeah. said, my gosh, that's, that's way away from this. Anyway, I think we're kind of rambled on that enough, but I was just, anyways, yeah, it, it was, it was interesting to hear that. And hopefully we do a decent job guys. I mean, cause we're obviously fans and our hearts are in it, but we try to be as objective as we can. The instant reactions are kind of fair game for whatever, <laughs> because those are pretty raw, but the rest of the time we try to be objective and hopefully not too negative, but also definitely not too positive. I don't yeah. know if we've ever could be accused of being too positive, but anyway. So for those that might want to go check it out, they do post recordings, uh, air quotes, podcasts of these shows on their website. You can go check it out. It happened Monday morning, the fifth in, it was a morning show. It was the last hour of the show and it was the, the end of the second to last segment and the end of the last segment. So like, he goes on this, like he kind of answers a question kind of sarcastically and they go to break and they come back and they answer a couple more questions unrelated to that. And then the host asks a different question, but back on the same topic of like the Lubbock media is not very hard on the coaching staff and they don't ask difficult questions. And then he launches into a rant. That's like five or six minutes. Um, so go check it out. If you don't believe me that he said he's just a fan and he doesn't care what the coaches say. Um, I'm sure there's, there's a little bit of context there that you'll, you'll appreciate, or you'll say, Hey, you were leaving this out you weren't, you weren't, you know, it's not exactly what he said. Um, anyways, it, it's up there for you to go check out. Um, I would encourage you to do that to kind of understand maybe why some of the Lubbock media is the way it is. Um, 
I don't know. Anyways, yesterday's press conference, we did hear, um, we did get a little update from, uh, or on Alan Bowman, Matt Wells did say that, uh, Bowman is in great spirits. We'll see nothing's broken. Nothing's fractured. He'll be basically just day to day. That's really, I mean, well, and so here's the thing. It's when, good news. It's good news to an extent, but it's yeah, also they're gonna hold. They're going to hold that to their chest. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say it's also not like as much as he said nothing's broken or nothing's fractured, but like that could technically be true, and he still could have torn an ACL or yes. <laughs> blown out his knee in other ways, or had not like a like a high ankle sprain. Um, which that was my first reaction when I saw his leg go down and like, he didn't grab his knee. He was kind of like grabbing his lower leg. So I thought it was an ankle. Um, yeah. So it definitely take some time to recover. Yeah. One of the, the one reply to hit this guy's tweet, anyone honestly think he'll be playing soon and not nursing a high ankle sprain for the next six to eight weeks. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we both kind of saw the same thing and and had at least the same thought that like that was a high ankle sprain. Um, which we saw who had that last time. McLean Carter had one. McLean Carter and knocked him out for the entire season, basically. Cause yeah, pretty much the whole year. He, he, he had to limp in, I think in Austin. Yeah. And think, his was more he had to play by then or something. His was more on the severe side, like as a high ankle sprain. I think he did actually have some, some fractures there in his, in his lower leg. Um, but yeah, like I, I would not expect, Alan Bowman to be the starting quarterback this weekend. Agreed. Yep. Um, the other thing that was kind of, uh, inadvertently released, uh, I can't remember who said it, it may have been Tony Bradford. Um, but he, he basically announced that Nelson and Benesor had been injured and was going to be out for the rest of the year. And it was like, well, hold on, wait a second. We didn't hear about this because <laughs> Texas tech had released, um, you know, this upcoming week's depth chart and had and Bennett's were listed on the depth chart. Yeah. And then, uh, Don Williams, how much you can trust those things. And yeah, it was the exact same depth chart from the week ago, whatever. Yeah. Um, it, it was, it was Don Williams that tweeted out Tony Bradford just mentioned in passing that Nelson and Bennett's went down for the year. And then he reached out, um, Don Williams did to Texas tech to confirm. Uh, and then Williams followed up and said, Tech spokesman confirms that Nelson and Bansor suffered a season ending injury, though no details on the specifics. Um, and said in early September, defensive line coach Paul Randolph said without hesitation that Mbanasor had had the best camp of any of his de- defensive linemen. Well, uh, you know, injuries are a part of it, and I hope that it's an injury that won't affect him for the rest of his life or anything, but we don't know, do we? They haven't really said anything about what the injury actually is and they probably won't yeah they probably won't i i had one other injury to report on which is good news as well um chris kleinman said that skylar thompson kind of the same boat as bowman who knows but at least skylar thompson he has nothing broken on his arm there's no fracture anything like that who knows what that means but you know that's just good news knowing that jeffers unfortunately was the guy that gave him that injury. So remind me when this, when this happened in the Slack chat, was this the person they were talking about where like his arm bent in a spot where it wasn't supposed to bend? No, I don't think or was so. It somebody else. That was someone no, that, else. That, that was a guy that got carted off the field with an arm injury, which I thought was strange that like 
Dude, it's, well, your, I mean, it's your arm. You he, can't walk. <laughs> well, I mean, I would probably be passed out if my arm bent as bad as the, what they were saying. Because even the announcers, luckily I was in the Slack chat and someone, they kind of uh, tipped me off to it. Because I hate watching that stuff in replay. Y'all have heard me rant about it Because well, they do it slow, like they slow oh, it down, they zoom it, it in. And, like, <laughs> and I especially hate it when you don't know. Like it's just a replay and then you look and... Oh, oh, that did. Oh, (laughs) you you just saw someone kind of limp off, off to the sideline. You didn't know how bad it was. But anyway, this one, uh, luckily, whoever it was was in Slack kind of tipped me off. So I don't know. I didn't look. I don't even know who it was. But yeah, I was a K-State guy. But but it wasn't, it wasn't uh, their quarterback. It wasn't Skylar Thompson. Um, Okay. So it's good that he's healthy enough to not have something broken. Um, I don't don't know the rest of the schedule. I honestly don't care. But I'm glad he's not seriously injured. Sure, um, of course. I wanted to touch on some some disturbing stats, some trends that are troublesome. Troublesome trends. That, that should be a segment. Um, red zone percentage in 2020. Part of this goes to your special teams woes, but you are only 12 of 17 of scores inside the red zone. So you've you've made 17 trips into the red zone only come away with points. So not, not touchdowns, but points 12 times is I'm not being facetious here. When I say this, is that what's good? I mean, is, is 100%. that bad? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're, we're talking about on the right. very long end of a field goal, like 35 yards. I mean, that's 70%. So I, I'm, I'm not trying to argue with you, but it, it, that doesn't seem as bad as I thought. Now, one of those was a chip shot field goal from uh, our, our boy, Trey Wolf, who's having a rough year. He's having over three after really playing lights out last year as a freshman. I hope he gets the rust off. Everything will be all right. But, but, uh, 12 of 17. I mean, I'm sure you're probably yeah, looking for 90%. <laughs> yeah. I, I bet you're right. I bet, I bet that's realistically what you, what you look for. So it should be closer to 15 for 17. And yeah. if you're at 15 to 17, you're, you're like, well, that's, that's fine. That's, that's good enough. If you're at 15 to 17, your record may be different or you may, yeah, you may feel, you may have felt differently about your, your Houston Baptist game. Um, yep. you may have we're been able to, yeah. So, I mean, I, there's no point in going back in hindsighting like, oh, you would, you would have beat Texas. You would have beat Kansas state. Like you don't know what would have happened. Like if you go into halftime at Kansas state 14 to six, how would that have changed the second half? I don't know. And it doesn't matter. Um, just that you are not doing well enough finishing out drives. If you're 70% inside the red zone. That's about to change though. Now's our time. That corner. We're turning it, man. <laughs> I can only hope. Um, well, I mean, you, you will never, you will never have fewer than five missed opportunities. That, that, that's not going away. Um, Speaking of Iowa State, going back to the Iowa State game two years ago, count them 16 conference games. Michael, what is your conference record over those 16 games? <clears throat> what do you think it is? <clears throat> Which is, it's, 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 it's in front of you. You can go and read it. I know it's listed right there. I'm going to say it. It's, it's two and 14. It's two and 14, Spencer. That's what it is. Those two wins, one versus Kansas, one versus Kansas, <laughs> and one versus West Virginia last year. Which 
kind of spawned the question that you you asked and I, I ended up putting on Twitter, which we'll get to in a little bit. Um, Texas Tech hasn't won a Big 12 or Power 5 game since last November. And you said, will Texas Tech go a complete calendar year without winning a conference game? They have four opportunities to, to write that starting this weekend, Iowa State. But the other, other games on that schedule, West Virginia, who's looking better. Yes. Oklahoma, who looks beatable. Like us. <laughs> but I mean, there's all, I mean, who knows? Texas Tech North, practically. And then at TCU. So. Yeah, we'll check in on the poll. The, the poll will probably close right after we've recorded, but uh, we'll check in on that towards the end. I, I do have a quick secondary update for you, Spencer. I'd love to hear it. All right. Since we've last played, or oh, over this last week, 74 FBF teams have played. This is so crazy that every week this changes. <laughs> just the number of FBF teams that have played has and it changed. Will, it will continue to change as the just Big 12, the, Big 10, Pac-12 Keep on rolling up till we get up to, it won't be 128, but it'll be close. Anyway, Texas Tech is, out of 74, they are 71st with passing yards allowed per game. But this is an improvement because they did actually um, contain Ellinger a little bit, a little bit last week. So um, passing yards allowed per game decreased from 417 to 347. It also helps that you had a uh, true freshman quarterback for Kansas State who they said, yeah, let's not, let's not throw the ball. Um, oh, now, yeah. Where he had 140 yards on two completions, but otherwise was like, he had like 50 or 60 yards. Yeah, not to, you know, I said Texas. I meant Kansas State. Sorry, guys. Well, no, the, um, the improvement started there because we were expecting, like, we went from Houston Baptist giving up like like five hundred yards. Yeah, it was and, five five hundred sixty seven <laughs> or something. And we saw what Ellinger did to UTEP. He's like he's going to do that to us, and he didn't. And then we got Kansas State. So one, a little product of the schedule, um, but it is it is improving. We just wish it was consistent. You know, yes, it it's turning the right way. It's still 71st out of 74. <laughs> so that's not great. Um, but you think, okay, all right, so fine, passing yards allowed per game. Let's look at total yards allowed this season. TTU is also 71st in passing yards allowed this season. They've eclipsed the 1,000-yard marker. They're at 1,040 yards allowed. Two of the three teams behind Tech have played four games. Um Tech has played three, in case anyone was not sure. And there are nine teams out of the 70 ahead of Tech that have played four games. So that's not, you know, total allowed per season. Okay, that's really, I'm just kind of keeping up with it because it's interesting to me. But really the one to look at is passing yards allowed per game and Tech 71st in both. Hopefully there'll be some improvement. It's not good, Bob. Not great. All right, let's check in the AP Top 25. Um, our boys, you, you, you're talking about the, the Sooners. They've had a rough couple of weeks, Michael. Ooh. They are... Fall from grace. They've fallen from third to others receiving votes <laughs> in two weeks. <laughs> and they're not even the top team receiving votes. That's Kansas State. They are, you know, any any vote in the in the Top 25 carries with it a number of points based on where in the rankings it is. And like 25th is one point, 24th is two points, whatever. Oklahoma is receiving 20 points. 
That's it. There are yep. one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten teams ahead of them before you get to the tw- before you get to number twenty-five. Which welcome Minnesota. Welcome back, Minnesota, to the top 25, unranked last week. Zero win, zero (laughs) loss, Minnesota. Welcome to the top 25. So glad you're here. Michigan jumped three spots. Haven't played a game. (laughs) Where they jumped. Texas fell from number nine to 22. uh, Wisconsin. After their loss to TCU. Wisconsin jumped three spots without having played a game. Oregon fell two spots. I mean, man, it's, it's rough to be a duck fan. That's just, that's just not, it's pitiful. That's just not right. Penn state moved into the top 10 without having played a game over a three, and Oklahoma state team. I mean, North Carolina took three weeks off and moved up four spots. <laughs> um, it's just been, it's been, it's been fantastic. The, the biggest disappointment of course is Ohio state stagnant just stuck in that number six position. There's not a thing they can do about it. Uh, we can only hope that uh, Ohio state fans are, are okay. And that they're, they're doing well. Okay. Coping so, well, so get this, there are two voters, two that have voted Ohio state as the number one team in the country. Yeah. That's less than I thought. <laughs> they have not played a game. And still two people think the the best team in the country. October 24th. uh, It is on. It is on. And they are going to play such good football. It's going to be the best football. The greatest, most unbelievable football you've ever seen. Yeah. I'm I'm sure they're not going to have any of the early season, you know, troubles that everybody else has had. Like week one, they're going to come out like trash and it's, it's going to be good. In the middle. Kind of ticked. I'd be kind of ticked if I was, um, did Florida play this weekend? They, I think Florida was off this weekend, but, but because they, they, no, hold on. I think they played. Did they play? I know they played, um, they played Ole Miss first. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. And that would have been the week of the Texas game. So, yeah. Yeah, they played. Okay. Let's see who they played. I'm sorry. Let's do this right now. Well, they, they flipped positions with Georgia. So I just wasn't South Carolina. sure I, I would have been ticked off if I'd have been a, a Florida fan. And then you lost your position because you didn't play. They beat the Gamecocks 38, 24 this past weekend. Ah, that's right. Okay. Okay. I guess that's not as impressive as beating overrated Auburn. Man, I, I don't like your, your shots on my, my Auburn team. I don't like it. <laughs> Just throwing shots at everybody. All just right, everyone. Let's let's take a look back on the Big Twelve action this past weekend before we get into our Iowa State preview. Baylor on the road in Morgantown def- falls. Sorry, they fall to West Virginia 27-21 in double overtime. TCU is able to go on the road in Austin and beat Texas 33-31. They have some like ridiculous record, like seven and two versus Texas since they've joined the conference. Um, I, I saw this, I saw this meme or this tweet the other day, yesterday, I guess it was 
it was of like the sky cam view, um, you know, the floating camera, it was mm-hmm. behind Max Duggan on his last run. He's like, well, no matter, no wonder he ran. It showed that the Texas defense really, really well. The, the Texas defensive tackles were both either aligned with the guards or outside of the guards. So like the center was completely uncovered. Their linebackers were spread out wide and their safeties were spread out wide. And if you remember the play that sealed the game was Duggan basically doing a quarterback draw straight up the middle and running like yeah. 30 yards for a touchdown. Well, it showed the pictures like there's no one there. <laughs> so of course it's like, that's an easy read. That's like as easy as it gets. Don't mind gets. if I do. Um, yeah. So is Texas as, uh, are, are they not as good as we thought they were? Are they worse than we were hoping they were to make that game sting less when we, we lost? Um, obviously the, the Texas tech Kansas state game, you were all there for that disaster. Oklahoma state on the road in Lawrence covered a ridiculous spread, beat the Jayhawks 47 to seven Oklahoma state. The only undefeated team left in the conference. Clearly the front runners to win the conference, knock off Oklahoma's five, six, 20 year stretch, whatever it's been. <laughs> and then Iowa state, uh, took down Oklahoma 37 30 in Ames this weekend. There are three games. I don't know where are we get to that later. Yeah, we're going to go ahead and go. It's, All right. We'll, we'll just go real quick. Sure. Yeah. Just roll through it. Red river rivalry, Texas, red river rivalry. <laughs> Dang. I did it. Texas. I, I am not going to say that this podcast, Texas versus Oklahoma at the cotton bowl, Saturday morning, 11 o'clock. Um, Oklahoma, very dangerous, uh, you know, very possible. They could drop to zero and three in conference. Unranked Oklahoma. Unranked. I didn't think Texas would be ranked after they lost to TCU, but they're hanging on there by a thread. Um, cause that, that would have been a fun trivia question. When was the last time they, these two teams played and they were both unranked? Oh man. Uh, probably the 1800s. <laughs> probably. Um, it, it's probably going to be weird to see this game and not have like that dividing line where between the, the crimson and the burnt orange in the, in the stadium. Um, you know, it's, it's one of the, the, the cooler shots you get of like the blimp over top of the cotton bowl. Yeah. It's not gonna be there this year. Uh, Texas tech on the road at Iowa state two thirty. We're getting ready for that one. Kansas state in Fort worth versus TCU, a game of the purples. Yeah. At three. So there's three big 12 games and two of them are 30 minutes apart. Good, good planning there. Yeah. Cause I mean, they're all going to run into each other. There's no way. <laughs> yeah. Cause there's no way that, uh, Texas, Oklahoma is going to be over by two thirty when Texas no. tech starts on ABC. So the red river rivalry will be on Fox. Texas tech will be on ABC. I don't know how that worked out. Way to go. Iowa state. You got us on a national channel. Yeah, um, I think maybe so. Kansas State TC is going to be taken over after Oklahoma, Texas on Fox at three. So get ready for this weekend. Um, you know, if you've got you've got chores to do, errands to run, window of opportunity. It's the evening. Yeah, if you're a Big Twelve fan. Yeah, just sure. Like, you just can, just run some stuff at the end of the day. Um, you know, try to maintain your al- alcohol intake so that you're not too too slosh to go get those groceries that you need to get. 
whatever you got to do. Run out Saturday. to the corn maze Saturday night. Oh yeah. That'd probably be a really nice time to do it. Yeah. It's a good time. So there's your, your action this weekend. Uh, before we get into our Iowa state preview guys, big news. Mm. We learned today manscaped has a new product just released the weed whacker nose and ear hair trimmer. Take a look in the mirror and I guarantee you'll see hair sticking out of those holes. It's time to keep your ear and nose hair looking as nice as your clean shaven pubes. <laughs> Manscaped is forever changing the grooming game with their weed whacker. The, this nose and ear hair trimmer provides the same proprietary skin safe technology that we see on the lawnmower helps prevent nicks, snags and tugs. All those delicate spaces. This premium Manscaped Weed Whacker uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. Its intelligently contoured design enhances the trimming experience, and it is waterproof, which makes for easy operation and cleaning. This is the only nose hair trimmer on the market with a powerful and rechargeable lithium-ion battery. Lasts up to 90 minutes of use. Michael, if you're using this thing for 90 minutes, you, you needed it. <laughs> <laughs> you needed it. You ever pulled nose hair out with your fingers? That hurts worse than nicking your balls. Manscaped is making whacking your weeds a time to look forward to delivering maximum confidence while providing hygiene. Yes, you will get a replaceable blade every three months to keep your weed whacking time clean and enjoyable. Fellas, look, 79% of partners polled admitted that long nose hair is a major turnoff. What? It feels like, Shock. Like, like a made up stat, but I mean, I'm shocked about that. Let me just say, if my partner, if my wife had long nose hairs, it'd be, an, it'd be a turn off. It's time to upgrade your Manscaped routine with the Weed Whacker. Get 20% off and pl plus free shipping with code armchair at manscaped.com. Thank you, Manscaped, for keeping our pubes trimmed and our hairs and our holes looking nice. 20% off and free shipping with code armchair at manscaped.com. 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code armchair. What are you waiting for? Go whack your weeds. Man, there was, when I was a kid, there was a guy in our church who's, um, I remember this. I was, I was in fifth grade. No, I don't know if I was that old, but even I noticed his nose hair. It's crazy. And it was to the, it was to the point where it, it almost looked like a Charlie Chaplin slash Hitler mustache thing. <laughs> It was yeah, that intense was, coming out of his nose. Oh, it was on its it was on its way out, man. It was it was trying to be set free. So he might have been able to use that nine thousand RPM machine for ninety minutes. But for those of you who have got your nose hair trimmed and everything, you'd like to make a wager. Well, the way finally a triple header of fun this week is upon us. Football is in full effect. As you know, there were two games last night on a Monday night, which is crazy. Uh, many teams are strutting their stuff early. NBA finals are here. The Lakers are currently up 73 to 70 with just about 47 minutes left or 47 seconds, <laughs> 47 minutes left to go <laughs> into third. So we'll see if they can go up three, one tonight against the heat. But um, MLB playoffs are in full swing. My my Brewers are out, as you know. But go Dodgers. Might be, 
I know you might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today. Use promo code Armchair to take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, guys. Iowa State this weekend, two thirty p.m. on ABC. Michael, we're on the big channel. We're on the big channel. Um, that doesn't make me feel good about it. Me neither. But it, you know, the last time when we were on Big Fox a few weeks ago, I I texted mom, "Hey, you can watch the the game if you want on on over the air because she's she's old school." And I was like, "It's probably not going to go well." And it didn't go well, but in a different way than what we all thought. So you know, maybe maybe the ABC thing, maybe that'll help, and maybe the the mom. Mojo will help a little bit. So I'm going to definitely tell her to tune into channel 28 at two 30 on Saturday, but I do have some more disturbing facts. You mentioned some earlier. Um, Texas tech is Owen four against Matt Campbell. Who Matt, Matt Campbell, of course, one of Sorry. the other mats of the conference. Um, Matt rule has left us. So we're down to only two, but Campbell has been the Iowa State coach since 2016, his first season there. A measly 3-9 season, but... One of those three wins. Too big, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, somehow knocked off reigning Super Bowl MVP and soon-to-be father of the year, Pat Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes. Sorry. Patrick. 66-10. Uh, to 10 crazy loss in Ames. Um, following on, following up on that, another loss in Lubbock, 31, 13, 2018, another loss in Ames, 40 to 38. This was Bowman's first game back from, um, his initial lung injury that he occurred or that occurred against West Virginia. And then finally last year, another loss, 34, 24 in Lubbock. And of course that was with Duffy. So this will be our, I don't know, this will be our second game in a row where Tech's trotting out their second string quarterback, probably. Probably. And you could say third game in a row where Tech's first string quarterback was not fully healthy, no matter what the decision's going to be. Um, a couple other th- stats to point out. In those four contests, Iowa State averaged 43 points. Texas Tech averaged a measly 20. With 31 points being the high yes. in 2018. Yeah, and... If you take away this crazy 66 to 10 thing in 2016, which I'm, let's just chalk that up to an awful, horrible, very no good, <laughs> no good, bad very bad day. day. <laughs> um, if you take that away, average works out to Iowa State 35, T2 23. So it just seems like Iowa State always has about a 10, 12 point chance to beat you. The last three times. Hey, remind me, what does that line look like this weekend? Well, uh, it's funny you ask. I think the spread is 13. <laughs> hmm. I think they're on to hmm. something. Um, so everybody kind of facetiously, facetiously has heard of Brocktober. Um, kind of goes, I mean, that's what I, Iowa State Cyclone fans talk about the month of October. Iowa State and Brock Purdy are seven and one in the month of October. Yeah, I mean, seven and one. Timber didn't go well, but that's why it's not called Brock Timber. 
or November. I mean, like they're not like winning 10, 11 games a year, but when they get into October in the middle of, of conference play, they hold their own. And, and look who they've played in October. (laughs) They played Oklahoma and they will now play Texas tech. Yeah. Well, they've played tech in October for the last at least two years that I can think of. I can't remember 2017. I can't remember anything about that year. It's just a total wash. Uh, yeah. So not a great sign. Um, Iowa state of course is coming in two and one loss against the rage and Cajuns who are currently being snubbed in the AP top 25 at a, only in 23. And you just know that once the other conferences really get rolling, our Cajuns are going to be dropped out and it's just going to be a damn shame. But they um, bounced back, beat TCU when TCU finally got the ability to play football this year. And of course, <laughs> this will be the second week in a row that Tech will be facing a team who knocked off the Big 12 favorite every year that um, I've been a big Tech fan, really, to win the conference. <laughs> Yeah, back to back weeks. You're playing a team that just beat Oklahoma. Uh, the, sorry, really quickly. The rest of the October schedule for Iowa State, they do have a very difficult game in two weeks. They're off on the 17th. Uh, then they they are on the road in Stillwater, take on the other team tied for first in the Big 12, Oklahoma State. Yep. And then they finish up at Kansas. They could go three and one easily. In the month of October. Brock Purdy could be, so that would be an additional two wins. Yeah. So I, I would say like this weekend versus Texas Tech and then in three weeks versus Kansas. Ooh. So at least two wins probably this month, possibly three. That's a, that's a good, good stat line for the old Brocktober Man. tracker. All right. Let, let's look into the, their offense a little bit. Through three games this season, Brock Purdy. Okay, I, I know what, what we just said, um, and it's 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 one of those things where like the numbers and the performances and the results don't all align because we're talking about Brocktober. Brock Purdy is completing only fifty six percent of his passes, and he's thrown for six hundred and ten yards through ten through three games, so two hundred yards a game only thrown two touchdowns and one interception. Yeah. It's nothing, nothing at all. eye popping about that. This is like a Texas tech backup quarterback through non-conference. Yeah. <laughs> maybe through two games. Yeah. It doesn't and, make and sense. It but definitely would have been like 810 yards, not 610. The thing that does carry them though, the running back Brees Hall, he is, uh, nearing 400 yards through three games. He's averaging 132 yards a game, 66 carries. So he's carrying the ball six yards per carry, six touchdowns. So the offense doesn't go through Brock Purdy necessarily. It goes through Brees Hall. When it's not in Brees Hall's hands, Purdy is throwing it to this group of receivers slash tight ends. It's Juco transfer Xavier Hutchinson. Big dude, 6'3", 210. He is their leading receiver this year so far. 11 receptions, 152 yards, good for nearly 14 yards a catch and a touchdown. Sheesh. 
Texas Tech defense eater Charlie Kolar, tight end number 88, 66260. These stats are only through two games. He didn't play in the first game versus uh, Louisiana. Nine receptions, 93 yards, so just over 10 yards per catch. And then the other tight end you need to be aware of, Chase Allen, number 11, 6'7", 240. He has five receptions for nearly 80 yards. Good for, you know, a measly 16 yards per catch. That's for a tight end. Yeah, but this is not like a Michael Crabtree or James Washington or, a, you know, CD lamb type explosive receiver. These are tight ends. Like chase Allen is their third leading receiver. He's their backup tight end or their second tight end. 16 yards a catch. Yeah. Uh, pretty gnarly. And he, speaking of tight ends and I can't <laughs> remember. Oh yeah, I can. Where are you going with Dylan, this? Michael? Dylan Soner. He, Threw, he's he's one of the tight ends on the team. Mm-hmm. He threw a pass last week to an yeah, he tight did. end. <laughs> That's the most he Iowa threw State a pass thing. To Chase Allen, <laughs> <laughs> tight end to tight end. Um, wh- one of the things that I was watching a part of the Oklahoma game, they ran this graphic that said, you know, like the average height of Iowa State receivers slash tight ends was like six four, six five. And the average height of the Oklahoma defensive backs was like 5'10". Those numbers, obviously the, the, the Iowa State receiver numbers aren't going to change this week. The Texas Tech defensive back height, I would say is going to be in the same 5'10 range as Oklahoma's. Like they are going to have a significant size advantage. When Brock Purdy does throw the ball, he's throwing to a guy that's four, five, six. 10 inches taller than the guy who's covering him. Well, it's, it's, it's like you just said, it's, it's not just height, it's size advantage too, because you saw how these big receivers and tight ends uh, were able to just shake off the Sooners defense. Like it was nothing. Uh, I mean, they were, they were getting hit, but then there, but then again, I mean, I don't know what is going on with Sooners defense. It, it looks oddly familiar at times. There's, um, they leave it to one guy in the middle of the field to try to tackle this giant six foot seven dude running down the field. And of course he misses. And then there's no one Then there's not a soul behind him. Somehow they're just all gone. I don't know where they go. <laughs> I don't know if they go get nachos, but they're all gone. Tech's got to be careful, man. Cause if, if the very same guys thing, down, yeah. they are going to run off. As the very same thing could be happening to you this weekend. We've seen Charlie Kolar do it a couple years ago. Uh, or sorry, yeah. Last year in, in, in Lubbock, I think he had a couple of 30 plus yard catches and like he and, and the tight end you saw last week, uh, at Kansas state, um, they're not fast guys. They're fast enough that if you don't bring them down in the first contact, like it's going to take a while to get somebody else's momentum up to get a, you know, 260 pound <laughs> bowling ball down to the ground. Yeah. So I wanted to look at some of the, the, the stats uh, in like a matchup fashion. We'll look at the Iowa State offense versus the Texas Tech defense. These are season averages or per game averages through the season. It's still early, so these, th- these are not like super accurate or reliable, but it's still a place to start. Iowa State offense, let's start there first. Passing yards, 213 yards a game, 56% completion, 
uh, and they're only good for less than a touchdown through the air per game. The problem not, is, yeah, not, <laughs> not that great. Not that great. But if you look at the Texas Tech passing defense, yes, there's a huge disparity here. Texas Tech allows 346 yards through the year, opposing quarterbacks to complete 61% of their passes and nearly four touchdowns per game through the air. So while Brock Purdy has not had a great stat so far, this could be his get right game. This could be the game that like, oh man, Brock Purdy is a, he's a rock star. Party like a rock star. There it, it is. It could be, but there it is. That's our, that's our bingo. But if, I mean, it could be, but Oklahoma has, they do not have a great pass defense to write about. And, and, you know, Purdy was just 12 for 24 last week, 254 yards. I mean, pretty pedestrian, Purdy pedestrian. Ah, Purdy. Another one. But it was uh, obviously enough to win the game. And I mean, they put up 37 points. Yeah, he played well at the end. Um, I mean, I, it's he was clutch is basically what I'm trying to get at. So it's, I'm not trying to dismiss it too much, but it was definitely, like I said earlier, not eye-catching eye against a, a suspect defense. So maybe Tech can hold their own. We'll see. Yeah. the There are two other categories, the rush offense and the turnovers. I think Texas Tech holds an advantage here. But – if you look at, you know, of these three matchups for the Iowa State offense versus Texas Tech defense and the Texas Tech offense versus Iowa State defense, these are the two categories where I mark that there is a slight advantage to Tech. The other four, Iowa State. So, Brees Hall does run 170 yards, five yards per carry, three touchdowns a game. The good news is the Texas Tech rush defense has improved. They've only, they're only given 147 yards a game under four yards of carry and only a touchdown per game. That's so, huge. Which is good. Like if, if your defense is allowing less than what the other offense is, it's usually going to hold them down a little bit. Um, there's, like I said, a big gap on the pass defense and, you know, you're going to have to have your defensive backs uh, be consistent and be able to tackle in space against bigger guys. You're going to need your, your, Linebackers in your defensive line to hold up against Brees Hall to kind of force Purdy to be throwing it out, throwing it through the air. But I think of, like I said, of these six, this is one of your advantages. And then in the turnover margin, their offense, um, they turn the ball over more than once per game. Your defense is good for forcing a turnover per game. So I think that lines up where you're going to, you're going to gain one, maybe two possessions through the turnover. Uh, if it's a Brock Purdy interception or a fumble or whatever it may be, I think there's an opportunity there. Now, if you look at the Texas tech offense versus their defense, um, historically, whenever they change to their three, three, five defense, if you're not familiar with it, they, they run the three, three defensive linemen, three linebackers, and then three safeties and two corners. Um, so it, it looks or can look a lot like Texas Tech's defense when you have that swing player that Texas Tech uses, that spur that could be a, uh, you know, a fifth defensive back or another linebacker. They do it with three safeties. What they do is, is they, um, they drop their guys deep. They're going to, they're going to make you, they're, they're going to allow you to, sh- to complete easy passes in front of them. And then they fly to the ball and tackle like crazy. Um, 
The other thing they do is because of the, you know, you, you only have up to six guys in the box. They're going to make it look like you can run against them. But historically, Texas Tech has not been very good against running against this box. What they'll do is, is they'll kind of disguise it and say, okay, we're going we're gonna to allow you to check into a run. And then here comes everybody on that defense. Like when you just ran into an eight man box, it was like, well, it looked like a, like a four man box a second ago. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like they baited us into running and then they all showed up out of nowhere. Um, their defense has given you fits and it will continue to. And the thing that concerns me, uh, if Columbia starting is it'll be his first time to see this defense. I think, while we've kind of mentioned and talked uh, talked about Alan Bowman's shortcomings, at least he's seen this defense before. Because when you go back and look at the other, the last four games, you've never had the same quarterback play them twice. Nope. You had Mahomes, then Shimanek, then Alan Bowman did in 2018, and you lost that game by a touchdown. Last year you lost by 10, but you know you had Jet Duffy as your quarterback, so. Columbia may be the better quarterback, but this would be his first time facing this defense. Usually when you're facing a kind of, a, I would say exotic, but um, novel or, you know, unique defense, the first time you do it, it's not always good. Um, they only allow 285 passing yards per game to your 341 yards. Um, completion percentage is the same at 67%. Like I said, they're going to, they're going to give up some, some of the throats underneath. But then they, yeah. they just kind of, they, they, they close it down. They don't, don't let you have the big play. Um, and they're going to make you, they're going to make you uh, be consistent and convert a bunch of third downs to do it, to, to, to dry the length of the field. Um, big advantage in, in the rush defense. Like I said, with only three defensive linemen, you think they give about a ton of rushing yards, 115 yards a game, three yards per carry, less than a touchdown per game. Texas Tech, I mean, they're doing really well on the ground this year. They're, they're rushing uh, 171 yards per game. That's more than what Iowa State's rushing on offense. Five yards a carry, which is pretty close to what Iowa State does, two touchdowns per game. But when the defense is giving up 115 yards, that's a big disparity. I mean, that's 55 yards, two yards per carry, and more than a touchdown difference. <clears throat> the other thing is, Texas Tech has the propensity to turn the ball over. You've off, you've um, averaged almost two turnovers a game from your offense to a defense that doesn't force a lot of turnovers. But if you're giving it to them, um, you know you don't you don't need to give away possessions. A, a lot like Kansas State, they, they could come at a premium. Um, if you're turning the ball over and making it easier on them, uh, you know it's not going to be a good game. The leading tackler of the defense, the guy in the middle, you need to be aware of linebacker Mike Rose. He's a big dude, 6'4", nearly 250. Leading tackler on the team has 27 through three games. So he's averaging almost 10 tackles per game, has uh, two and a half tackles for loss and an interception. He's going to be in the middle of that defense. Um, Then I think their second and third leading tacklers are those safeties. So is he appropriately named Mike? You know, I'm I'm pretty sure he's he's a middle linebacker there. So he's oh, the Mike Mike. <laughs> Mike Mike. Mike Mike. Yeah, I mean, this is this defense 
I know that we've, we've talked about it quite a bit and we're, and I just am always worried about it because they've, they've gotten the best of Kingsbury. They've gotten the best of Mahomes. Um, you know, Wells, obviously it's, it's just has not gone well for anyone in Scarlet and black in the last four years and offense, you know, offense, I think tech has a chance to kind of limit the big plays. I know that we talk about that all the time, but you know, OU was able to do that. And Iowa state was able to do that to OU as well. I mean, there were seven field goals attempted in this game. And so that means you're, you're at least slowing down drives. You're forcing, you're forcing them to, to a point where they're not going to be able to punch it into the end zone. So there's a chance, you know, that tech could possibly keep this offense down, but man, I, I am not looking to, um, happily at this Iowa state receiving from last week. I don't know if you checked it out, but there are six guys, no five guys who had receptions of like 22, 28, 42, 35 and 65 yards. So even though Purdy only connects half the time (laughs) when he does, he averages over a first down every time someone catches the ball. So let's, if, if if tech could try to get those big home run plays away and I'm totally borrowing that from Scott when he previewed the, the Wildcats last week, I just, it didn't work for tech last week, but maybe it'll work this week. Yeah. We'll see, man. Uh, like we touched on a little earlier, the line for this game, at least as it was yesterday, Texas tech plus 13 road dog. Yeah. How do you see this Yikes. game going? Mm. Let's get your pick, I, um, your prediction. Well, you know, I mean, this is this is it, it, this is Tech's chance to turn the corner. Like I've been saying, I mean, they've got they had leads in the fourth quarter. They were so close. They had some special teams gaffes. Uh, you know, just some miscues towards the end of the game. That some small decisions that turned out to be really big ones, uh, coaching wise. Even uh, I th- thought the coaching was better last week. But yeah, I'm picking Iowa State to win. Um, I've got Iowa State 35-23, which is exactly the average of the last three scores. I don't know how Tech's going to get 23. I don't care. Someone else can figure (laughs) that out. But I thought, well, that's the exact average. That's what I'm going to go with. What do you got, man? Um, You know, I I didn't pick a score. Like, If if you see that note, I just said Iowa State will cover. Um, I think there's so many things that could go wrong for you in offense that you wouldn't be able to keep up with them, whether it's Alan Bowman coming into the game, he's not healthy. Uh, so Iowa State's able to get a lead before you either make a change or Alan Bowman is able to figure it out. Or it's Henry Columbia coming in and, and not being familiar with his defense, not being able to make the reads, not being patient enough to take a bunch of underneath, underneath throws. Um, and then defensively, I'm, I'm, concerned that like Texas tech will, we will see the Texas tech defensive old where you don't tackle very well. You dive at people's feet, diving at tight ends feet. not going to work. No. Trying to push them out of bounds, likely not going to work. You have to take them down. You have to wrap them up. We haven't seen that. We haven't seen that consistently. Um, they've got well, size the rushing offense worries me too. I mean, are we, we haven't tech hasn't truly been tested on rush defense. I mean, Kansas State, maybe Texas, maybe, but not like you will see this weekend with with, with, with Brees Hall. This will be the biggest rushing 
uh, test for our rushing defense of the year so far. Yes. And and then, like I said, like if you're able to slow that down enough, I mean, there's nothing in your past defense that gives me confidence that they can't just kind of revert to that. So, um, you know, I, 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 I can see Iowa state putting up 40 points in this game. Um, in Texas Tech, you know, 2440, 2441. Yeah. I don't know if I'd be surprised by much of anything at this point. So um all right. Let's uh let's do questions. Let's, let's check in on our, our Twitter poll and we'll wrap this thing up. Now, are these really the questions that I was called here to answer? Who's in the box? Oh, what's in the box? I'm Ron Burgundy? Damn it! Who typed a question mark on the teleprompter? You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! All right, so one, we did get a question on, on Twitter before we get to our poll. This one came in from... At Sports Kingdom 3, Kyle's Raider Power. Uh, do you think tech is just really close to breaking through? Michael may seem to think so. He may be agreeing with Matt Wells close to turning the corner. Or are they just a bad team that seems to find a way to keep games close? It seems that Matt Wells has kept tech in a lot of games till losing close in the end. So, Michael, what do you think? I'm trying to be optimistic here. I, I think, I don't know if they're close to breaking through necessarily but you said they're going to turn the corner man well i mean you know i didn't say what year but it's coming <laughs> 2023 that corner is going to turn uh i don't think they're a bad team though either man it's i, I really don't know kyle i don't know what they are yet I'm, I'm still trying to figure it out i think we all are uh but you know the last two games have shown me some hope that they do have some tools. I mean, Keyshawn Carter's one of the best receivers in the big 12. And, uh, you know, if, if tech can get him the ball some more and Xavier white had such a good outing, Sir Roger Thompson has been great. I mean, there's, there's a lot of good tools there. So I don't think that tech is a bad team. I do think there is some interesting coaching choices at the end. I don't necessarily think, tech loss because of a short kick, but it was just, it was, you're outsmarting yourself trying to do a short kick at the end of a game like that up by one score. Anyway, um, I, I think I've, I think I've meandered enough and I have not answered your question, Kyle. I know that for sure. But what do you think, Spencer? I would hope they're close to breaking through. Um, but I'm going to say right now, they're just a bad team. keeping it close. There hasn't been enough positives to say, you know, oh, you know, like, okay, for, for example, the Texas game. Um, had you lost this game by a touchdown? Without, well, we did. No, but like, <laughs> had you not given up a two score lead in three minutes of game time and lost this game by a touchdown, you'd feel a whole lot better than you do right now. If you had not um, taken a lead in Manhattan on the road and then given up a two play touchdown drive immediately following that. And then another touchdown after that, 
which is another thing. Matt Wells, when he, he was asked like how his team is unraveling, he said, well, we only gave him one score. False. You gave up two. Like you learn how to count, bro. Well, but one of them was kind of on purpose because they, the way he explained it was they sold out on the blitz because they knew they didn't have enough timeouts left. So I don't know. I don't know if he's counting that one, even though he should. <laughs> they they still scored. They still it went scored. on the scoreboard. It went on the damn scoreboard. That was that was Anyways. seven. Again, had you lost by ten to Kansas State without giving like without having a lead and giving it up there at the end, maybe you feel better about this team. But I think it's the uh, and maybe I'm looking at this the wrong way, but I think good teams not only can take a lead, but they can close games out. And you're not seeing that. Now you're not getting blown out so far. You know, games that you probably could have been blown out, like especially against Texas, maybe against Kansas state, maybe this weekend. I don't know, but also you're not doing enough to say that you're a good team either. So I think you have some good players. It's a good potential. That's where I'm going to, that's where I'll stop after I hope digging myself a <laughs> hole. Um, okay. So we, we pose this question uh, from Michael. Will tech go a full calendar year without beating conference opponent? Last victory was at West Virginia last November. The four games you have until November, 2020, you have this weekend at Iowa state versus West Virginia versus Oklahoma. And then at TCU pretty evenly split, Michael, 150 votes. 53% say no. 53% of those votes say that there will be a win in those four games, Iowa State, West Virginia, Oklahoma, or TCU. It's, yeah, it's pretty locked. There's still an hour left, guys, so. Hour and a half. We'll see. We'll see what the final results are. But um, not a lot of confidence going in here, or as you could, you could also put it, well, there's more confidence than you thought. Okay, let's uh, let's wrap this up and get to what we learned. What did we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. All right, Michael, you're going to bring us back to our roots. You've got some food here. Oh, man, man. I, I, I tried a recipe. I did it during the bye weeks, so we never got the chance to talk about it. But I, I threw it in our Slack chat and we, and we talked about it some. Uh, growing up in Kentucky, my wife ate um, dry rubbed spare ribs, but they weren't sweet. You know how here in Texas, a lot of times we put a glaze or something on the end. We don't necessarily sauce them, but we do a little glaze to kind of give them some sweet and make them a little sticky. Anyway, she grew up not eating that. And so she's been kind of craving that type of just dry rub, um, kind of salty flavor ribs and we were both watching Michael Simon on Food Network one day. Mm-hmm. I was more into the method he was using because he did it on his Weber kettle for only um I think it was three hours, which is awesome. So anyway, his method's great. Y'all should go check it out. But he he had a he he made a ranch rub. So like a ranch dressing rub. It even has buttermilk powder in it. It'll make your hands very sticky as you're rubbing it on those ribs. But dude, it was fantastic. They, you, you get your, your kettle to about 350, throw the ribs on, have a water pan underneath, do nothing. Do indirect cook, of course. Don't set them over the fire. 
pull them off, wrap them, do nothing for another hour, pull them off. And then you're supposed to spritz them with pickle juice. Mm. And so I, I sprayed them with pickle juice about every 15 minutes for the final hour. Okay. And my man, they were some of the best ribs I've ever done. And it was completely different method. I usually smoke ribs low and slow, but this I kind of did fast and hot. And so it was great because they were ready in like three hours and it's about, they were about, really good. Yeah. It's, it's about half the time. Yeah. Yeah. Really. Cause you're supposed to do the three, two, one method is kind of what mm-hmm. the rule of thumb is for smoking them. So yeah, the one, one, one method. <laughs> yeah. Cause you, you smoke them for three hours and then you baste them for two hours wrapped in foil with a bunch of juices and stuff. Um, and then you smoke them again for the last hour, but you put sauce on them if you want. Um, this other thing, this is, you know, this came from you. So it's not like something I learned, but this, uh, this came from a Twitter user, Amanda Dibert. And it's a, a way to come up with a podcast name. It's the, the last text you sent plus your birth month. Now yes. you've got, you know, this list of, uh, podcast sounding names that go with the birth month plus the text you sent. So for mine, let me give it to you. It's not 23 personnel. It's shrugs. I've been out the past three weeks and other stuff you should know. <laughs> so the, the, the Where text, was this when we were trying to come up with a name for this podcast, this would have been great. The text I sent was shrugs. I've been out the past three weeks. I was talking, this is talking about work. I've not been in the office for three weeks because the week before Hayden was born, there was a, a COVID. One of my coworkers tested positive for COVID, but he hadn't been in the office very much. So we, we just decided we're going to work from home that week, make sure the office was cleaned. And then obviously I've been out for two weeks um, as a new second time dad. Um, but somebody asked me a work-related question that happened over those three weeks. I said, shrugs, I don't know. I've been out for three weeks. What well, about you, Michael? Is, um, okay, my birth month. Okay, here we go. The last text I sent was on my way. And That's always my good. Birth, my birth month means that the rest of the name of my podcast is a message from extraterrestrials, question mark? Dude, that's perfect. So I need to read it all in one because it's, it is pretty good. On my way, a message from extraterrestrials question. <laughs> oh, that couldn't, I mean, I'm, I'm sure they're, they're kind of looking forward to that. Cause I think a lot of people say on my way or that kind of thing. But yeah. Yeah. Cause that's, you know, I left work a little late today. So one of my default texts in my watch is just, I can just click it and text Allison on my way. OMW. Yep. So that was it. So, uh, yeah, maybe the aliens are coming too. We'll see. It's fantastic. So guys, let us know what your, what your podcast name would be. If you don't already have one last text you sent plus this one, uh, it'll be in the show notes on staking the planes guys. Be sure to check out, uh, all the content there this week as we preview this upcoming game versus the Iowa state cyclones, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, tune in this weekend, 10 to noon on Saturday. Talk 1340, 1340 AM, 960 AM in San Angelo for Rob Bro's College Tailgate Show. We will have your post-game instant reaction podcast to when Texas Tech pulls off the the uh the upset over the Cyclones there on the road behind just uh monumental efforts from all three phases of the game. Special teams will come out and have a great game. Won't have any punts blocked, knock on wood. Won't miss any field goals, knock on wood. 
Uh, won't give up any long touchdown returns. Knock on wood. <laughs> It'll be great, man. Let me just see if I can jinx it all the way around. Um, but yeah, that'll do it this week for us on the 23 Personnel Podcast. For Michael, I'm Spencer. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast and sharing our fandom for the Texas Tech Red Raiders. You can connect with us on Twitter at 23Personnel, Spencer at PuntSuck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. And find even more great content over on stakingtheplanes.com. Help us out by rating the show and leaving a review on iTunes and subscribe on whatever channel you listen to podcasts. Remember to tell your friends about the show. The guys will be back next week with another episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly.